Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, directed by J.A. Bayona and released in 2018. The plot of the movie goes something like this. When the island's dormant volcano begins roaring to life, Owen and Claire mount a campaign to rescue the remaining dinosaurs from this extinction-level event. Yes, the island refers to Isla Nubar. Claire and Owen are Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt um, yeah. in the Jurassic World universe. Um, and that was a that was a plot summary written by the studio who didn't think to explain any of those things. Yeah. Anyway. They just assume you've seen the first one at this point. Indeed. Um, so now we're going to do a little spoiler-free section to um, let you guys know if you should see the film. Melissa, should they see the film? Actually, yeah. Like, I mean, sure, these are unnecessary sequels to a kind of great movie, but this one is a much better work. There's a much better movie than a Jurassic World from three years ago. It's it's a it's a B movie. Um, I will give it that, but it's a good B movie. And this one, like, I mean, the script wasn't great, but there was some really some great little set pieces. Uh, it wasn't as didn't feel as mean spirited as the mm. last one. Um, yeah, so I I guess I mean I think I assume people will see it in fairly large numbers if the first one's any indication. Uh, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, I enjoyed this, and I didn't enjoy Jurassic World. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's basically a big haunted house section that I thought was really fun. J. A. Bayona also directed The Orphanage, which is a great haunted house type movie. Um, he's a I think a horror director mostly, yeah. um, and you can really see that come through in this movie. It plays more like a horror movie, which I thought was really fun. The acting is not spectacular from anybody, like pretty much across the board. They're just not good. But um, yeah. but there are, I mean, there's some cinematography that is really, truly impressive. It looks really good. I think J.A. Bayonne is quite a good director. Mm. Um, I don't, I yeah, th there's a lot of really clunky dialogue and stuff like yeah. that. So it but really guess depends. who wrote it? Colin Trevorrow and somebody else. It really depends on what you want to go for. I actually think this had more to say than the last one too. But mm. like, yeah, I mean, it, it does depend on what you want to go for. If you want to go for like, you know, dinosaur scares and big set pieces and things like that, then, and if that's what you liked about Jurassic World, then yeah. Mm. Um, and also if you were offended by Jurassic World, then this one is better. Much less offensive. And also the, it's, I think this has got some really good taut set pieces and action in it like the the building of suspense in this one is done really well which is of course the strength of the first jurassic park movie is that it was good at that building up of moments of suspense there are lots of things that are good about the first jurassic park oh movie. yes yes um but yeah that's one of them um and that's and, something and like this movie recreates quite actual well. characters you know, actual people with characteristics that are interesting. Like, this is one of the uh, – I mean, we'll probably get into spoiler territory now. And, like, really, Owen and Claire do improve from the first movie, but they still don't have a lot of, like, actual characteristics apart from, you know, Owen is stoic and likes blue. Um, and Claire likes dinosaurs. about saving the dinosaurs but that's that's only in this one she wasn't passionate no. about it she was passionate about protecting the assets and it was that businesswoman versus family thing in the last yeah. one right so this one just does away with that completely which was almost her only character trait so they've got to replace it with something which is wants to save dinosaurs but it's mm. like she still doesn't have like a character as such yeah. she's not a person in any sort of like 
identifiable way. No, she just has like big eyes and runs away from things a lot. The character that I felt the most for in this whole movie was the older lady who looked after the... Oh, yeah. Like, she was... I thought she was great. And then she just disappears from the movie and I was like, oh, that's yeah. disappointing. Geraldine Chaplin. Geraldine yeah. Chaplin. She was really good. Mm. Like, she um, does some interesting physical work where she sort of, like, looms behind people. Mm. Like in um, Laura. Yeah. You know the housekeeper in Laura? Yeah. She kind of reminded me of her. And I thought they were going to play up. She might be like bad and she might right, be yeah. good. But it's they really It's very much didn't. in the tradition of Rebecca and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Rebecca. Is that the name of the movie? The, the, I'm the thinking book of Rebecca. Yeah, the book Rebecca is, with it's Rebecca. I'm, Laura is the other one. Right. With the girl who um, um, Jean Tierney disappears. Yeah, no. It's just more like, bit, yeah, a bit more in common in, in the tradition of the housekeeper from Rebecca. But Rebecca also is the movie the, I'm the thinking of. The nurse from, um, you know, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, that kind of looming older woman figure. Right. Even though she's quite small, but she has this like very stiff kind of body language and yeah. she holds her hands together and she corrects well, the girl's grammar and she just seems yeah. like they could be playing with the idea that she's evil. Yeah. Um, um and, and and you know that she has secrets from very early on. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting um how much film history this incorporates. Like it really knows its classic movies. You get there's bits of the shining in there and there's um as I'm you want to talk about bits of Indiana Jones, but there's like really it, it really knows the thriller and thriller suspense horror genre really well and it calls back to what's come before. Mm. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, the, so I was thinking mostly of Spielberg movies that this yeah, yeah, sort of it, it definitely does that. So um, it, there's the the sequence on the boat I thought was quite Indiana Jones esque, and both Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt get lots of Indiana Jones moments. Mm. Um, and there's some shots that are um, like there's a shot that I think the very last shot of the raptors across the sun mm. um, reminds me of the last shot of um, the Last Crusade, mm. where they ride off into the sunset. Yep. It's very similar, um, gauzy sunset thing. Mm. And um, E.T. Mm. as well. There's some E.T. in here. So, yeah, the, I just think J.A. Berner watched a whole bunch of Spielberg movies right before making this. I, I'm, and I'm, I'm sure he did, but th- those things are also, um, yeah, I mean, that, that sort of stuff we see in other things like um, Kong Skull Island used that sort of a shot to good mm. effect as well, and it was sort of working more off um, Apocalypse Now which is yeah in that sort of sense but yeah it was good and the film I think also raises some interesting questions like the the very premise the fact that they've contained all the dinosaurs in the world to one island and now that the island is under attack they must have to bring them somewhere that's it's not under attack it's, it's just um, natural disaster it, yeah the the island is facing extinction and the the question of whether do you save the dinosaurs and then what happens with that and then if you do bring them onto a continent then you're bringing dinosaurs back in to live with humans. And that, that whole question is really interesting. Yeah, it is really and, interesting. Oh, and and answered, harks back to Planet of the Apes as well. And answered before the movie really starts. Mm. Because the very first scene, which, by the way, is like a comedy of errors with these idiots and assholes who go to the island. I was just sort of in shock at how terrible every single one of those people <laughs> Yeah, um, there's no real doubt about who the bad guys are from the very no. beginning. There's no reveal of the bad guy in this. No, that's no, not from entirely the moment that you true. You see the bad guys, you're like, oh, these guys are bad. That's not entirely true. There is a moment that's supposed to be a reveal with Rafe's ball when he walks down the stairs to greet Bryce Dallas Howard when she first visits him. 
No, you're oh. supposed to think he's a good guy for a while. But he's Rafe Spall. <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> I know. And he's so obviously a bad guy from literally moment one. Yeah. But remembering that these are, you know, usually kids' movies, I suppose. Mm. Um, I think you're supposed to think he's a good guy for a while at least. But, I mean, there's no chance. There's just no shot. And uh, there's a what was it? There's a moment where I was literally like, oh, no, what a surprise. Uh, um, I, don't, I don't remember. I just was sort of like. I was waiting for the other shooter drop. I was waiting for someone else to be there, like a reveal to happen about the bad yeah. guys, and it never happened. Yeah, I was like, which oh, is okay. you know what, what I thought like, they it, might do with Geraldine Chaplin or somebody. Yeah, and that's I think why. But then again, I I kind of liked that it. it was much nicer to its leads. Like mm. I, the two new kids come in, um, Justice Smith and Daniela Pineda, and I th- I was like, oh god, they're not going to survive, but they do. I and thought I'm like, they were. I didn't think they were going to die necessarily, but I didn't think they were like. I didn't. I mean, they didn't annoy me or anything, but like the script really didn't do them any favors, especially no. Justice Smith. Like, his, again, his character is I'm scared of things, and that's the whole thing. That's all he gets to do the whole time. Mm. Like, literally, all he gets to do the whole time is be scared of things and stupid things when bigger things are happening. Meanwhile, yeah. perfectly functional while being attacked by he- dinosaurs, which I think is ridiculous. If you're going to do it, do it properly. <laughs> Well, I mean, he comes around in the end, but yeah. No, he, like, literally from moment one when they're being attacked by that spinosaur or whatever, and she asks him, and Bryce Dallas Howard asks, Howard asks him for the chair, he goes and gets the chair and pulls it away from the dinosaur and gives it to her. Mm. I was like, surely he would freeze up in fear. Or right. Yeah, that was weird. Because this was, would present a, or an obstacle. He would, there would be a moment afterwards saying, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. Yes. Um, that I've overcome this thing. Anyway, that is a really good scene, though, the bit with the chair, though. The way that the dinosaur, like, the um, the way he, it seems like there's nothing there and then the dinosaur sort of comes out of nowhere and that that's a well-shot scene. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think um, the, the thing is, I think Jay Barron is a really good director and Colin Trevorrow is not a good writer and the, the combination of those two means that all these scenes are written badly yeah. but shot quite well. Yeah. And so things that you think... Like, that sort of thing seems like they're setting up for something good, but then the script is like, and then we have to sh- move to this thing, so we're not going to do anything mm. with that. And yeah. so he just kind of does what he can with it. Yeah, and so what he does good stuff with what he can, but and he's let down. The writers sort of don't take advantage of situations almost as well as they could. Mm. Like, you put a whole bunch of dinosaurs on a boat together, and, like, the most exciting thing that happens is they've got to break into a T-Rex enclosure and get blood. Mm. Like... A whole heap of dinosaurs on a boat. Like that, that's a classic setup for something to go wrong, and it doesn't. And it, it forms the second act, and they they have other things. But it's it's like they don't quite. They sort of have these interest, some interesting ideas, but they don't really know how to make them good. But because it's in the hands of a good director, it's still quite a lot of fun. Right, and it looks great, and it's like watchable. Mm. Um, oh, but I, the God, some of that dialogue is just painfully clunky. Mm. Like painfully clunky. There's also there's a moment when early on when um nerd girl Zia is like um she says to um Chris Pratt, "Come on, beefcake," and he's just like, "Okay." Yeah, that, just wanders up after. <laughs> he doesn't protest. He doesn't say like there's no oh, reaction it's to like the fact it's... that she's ordering around him around and calling him beefcake. He's, he's like, like okay. "Yes, this is what I do." But that I, that was great. That was like the Francis McDormand scene in um in Three Billboards where she's like, "Hey, fuck it." He's just like, yeah, what? 
Yes, but that's but, funny because but it, it is also funny. Like yeah, but this I think this is unintentionally funny. That's intentionally funny where there's like a setup and a yeah. payoff. This is like they put that in the script and nobody knew what to do with it. And so they were so, just like, this is fine. This is fine. But it's also that also leads up to one of the great bits of um, physical comedy when Chris Pratt is tranked and he mm. wakes up and there's oh, lava great. heading towards him. Again, all the best bits of this movie are directed, not mm-hmm. like um, not that, written. That bit of performance by whether it was Chris Pratt or his stuntman or the CG, like the, the combination of all three where he's certain parts of his body are, are – paralyzed and others can move is fantastic that just looked like to me like a he'd been doing dance training or yeah, something well, that's and, what it, it looked like that to me too as yeah, well it, it was, but it was really he actually does some really good physical stuff like just jumping up on things and mm. pulling himself up things and all and stuff like that it's a bit like watching um lara croft where they're like yeah look how much work i did yeah look how hard i worked physically but that bit is really great when his like leg goes over the back of his mm. body mm. and drags he's him gonna up. like lift his arm yeah yeah Physically um, with his other arm. It's really, arm. really funny. Uh, there's a really weird moment at the end of it because he's really hairy on his arms. And he puts his arm over and I'm like, oh, is he a werewolf now? Which Boy. makes no sense. But it just like the reveal and the, like, yeah. <laughs> it just looks so much like that. But anyway, um, he's got really hairy arms. I, I didn't notice. but okay. I only noticed because like, you can see the light behind the hairs on his arms like twice in this movie, right. which is really strange. <laughs> But not the point. Um, but it, it happens twice. I was like, right. why, it, why is it showing us that his arms are this hairy? I, I don't know. Oh, you know what it did show us three times with really distinct close-ups is that Bryce Dallas Howard went to the island wearing a sensible, sturdy pair of boots. Oh, yes. They, they, they wanted very, us to know. Because she wore those same kind of like beige pumps when she went up to the fancy house to meet Lockwood. Mm. But um, yeah, specifically they show her, her, they show three separate shots of her boots. Yeah. Because that was such a... Uh, They're like, um, look, we did it. We put her in sensible shoes. I yeah. mean, we put her in really, really, really tight clothes, but we put her in sensible shoes. Yeah. Um. So then there's like the typical Jurassic World kid in the Jurassic Park kid in this as well, Um. who is, to me, much less irritating than the boys in the last one. Oh, yeah, I like this kid. But Maisie. still they have this weird thing about kids' ages. Like, okay, so I'm not sure what the timeline is on this. I was thinking about it today. Because I think this girl looked to be about 11 when this movie was made. And she's acting at the beginning of the movie like she's six or seven. Mm. And the way that she behaves and stuff is like that. As the movie goes on, it matters less. Yeah. And I, because I don't know what ages kids are. Like I have no way, I I just don't have a point of reference for how old they are. Mm. I assume she was about eight. So to me, the behavior of like running around and, you know, being a bit sort of starting to get obsessed with dinosaurs and things made sense to me. But when you pointed it out later on, I was like, yeah, actually I know an eight-year-old and she's a little bit young, behaves a little younger than that. Mm. And And looks, like this girl looks older. Yeah. Um, And so, um, yeah, it it just, it doesn't, her her behavior doesn't match up with the age of the actress. And that Mm. was a problem that I had in the first one. And then we discovered that there was this autism storyline with the younger brother in that that was then cut. So in the movie, his behavior makes no sense. No. It makes no sense. And then the older brother is a pain in the butt who just checks out girls constantly. Um, There's no payoff for their relationship. And um, there's those moments where I really got irritated with them where, like, Claire saves everybody and then they go, oh, we want to stick with Owen. 
Mm, yeah. He's a dude. Yep. And then Judy Greer gives Claire a lecture about how great it is to have kids and that she oh, should yeah. do it. And these are her kids. Like, yay, great. I know. <laughs> and they're awful. Yeah. But this one is different because because there's the whole, you know, what's the mystery about her? Who's her mother? And she's James Cromwell's mysterious granddaughter with this mysterious old lady, Jolene Chaplin, taking care of her, which yes. is the more interesting part. It is the more interesting. And, um, but I also figured out that she was a clone, I think. I mean, that was another one where it was like, ooh, it's a big reveal. Mm. But, like, where was it? They show a photo. <laughs> they of do her show, quote yeah. unquote, mother. They do show a photo. Yeah, that's right. When she pulls it out, mm. she, she looks exactly like her. And then later on, they're like, oh, she's a clone. Um, but I think I figured out she was a clone before even the photo came out. Because mm. there's like talking about genetic experiments against a shot of her. Yeah, and she's also introduced like a dinosaur. Yeah, she's hiding in the dinosaur museum and running around and all that sort of thing. Like she's yeah, because yeah. I I think there's a point where I was like, oh, is it, they look? Is she look? Is Maisie a dinosaur or a child? Because mm. um, they they did introduce her that way. So yeah, yeah. Um, but also that that leads to what is probably the best moment of the movie when she's like, oh, they're alive like me, mm. so they deserve a chance like me. Yeah, which is the setup. This whole parallel setup pays off with. Yeah. So they actually set something off and pay it off, set something up and pay it off, which is something that Jurassic World never managed in mm. its entire runtime. So there's that. Mm. Um, but they don't pay off the Blue-Owen um, relationship at all. No, no. In fact, Blue seems about as trainable as my cat, which is to say More trainable than dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, more trainable than an average dinosaur. Like sometimes if he's in the right mood, I can get him to sit on command. But like also Blue is, is like – well, it's been three years since I saw you, so I'm going to look out for Blue first, and if I can help you, I will. But it, then she can't, like, it just depends on whether she's needed or not. It's less that and more that they, they they have a scene between them at the end, but that's the first scene between them in ages, mm. and they don't really pay off the relationship because there's a the video that Maisie's watching where Owen's training Blue and he's mm. like, she's showing empathy and all this other stuff doesn't pay off. I thought that would pay off, mm. like it would lead to a moment between Blue and Maisie or something like that. Yeah, but it doesn't. There's it do that doesn't pay off at all. No, which annoys me about these movies. They keep setting things up and then they don't like knock them down. You mm. know? Yeah, because the Blue story could be so so much better if they just did that right. There's a better payoff for Headbuttersaurus's arc than Blue's. Yeah. <laughs> like Headbuttersaurus gets it. Who is the one of the unsung hero of this film. Oh yeah, I wrote that at one point. But um, he he's the one of the most again convenient dinosaurs. Like they're constantly coming across very convenient, helpful dinosaurs, mm. um, including the T Rex, which I dubbed Ex Machina in this movie because literally there's three times mm. in my notes where I'm like, oh, T Rex Ex Machina, T Rex Ex Machina again, mm. T Rex Ex Machina again, again, like just shows up constantly. So I know Save that was the day, yeah. I know they did that in Jurassic Park. But they did it once and it was a big deal and it was a big moment. You can't just keep reusing that forever. Right, exactly. And they did it in Jurassic World as well, but it was once and a big moment. Yes. Then there was this one, she's like saving them all the time. She, it's it's almost like she's friendly. Well, yeah, that's the thing. She's, just she's constantly, like another blue almost, the, yeah. ma- the amount of time she saves them. She's constantly like helpful and, and kills only bad guys. 
Um, mm. They also made a really big point to kill Rafe's ball in a similar way to the way that Katie McGrath was killed mm. in the last one, which I think is like, because people were also complaining about that because it's awful. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, because she was, what did she do? Her job and was nice and, to people. Yeah, but and also she was punished d- like that. And like tried to take care of these really annoying boys yes. who wouldn't listen to her um, when she was trying to protect their safety. Right. And her punishment for that was to be like ripped in half by Indominus Rex. No, she got no. She oh, didn't. she got the. Oh, she's the, she's um, the underwater one. one. Yeah, so she got yeah. first taken by a pterosaur, and then like ripped in half by pterosaurs, and then the the um big fish came up and ate the pterosaur that yeah, was eating right. her. It was it was like, horrible. Yeah, so unnecessary. Yeah, and and the um Rafe Spall's death is pretty, is pretty is like that, but you he's earned that. Yes. He's like trafficking I was also a dinosaurs. little disappointed by that because I was really really rooting for him to be crushed under the car. Yeah. Like, I was a bit disappointed that he got ripped apart instead. Yeah. I thought crushed under the car was a good way to go for him. Yeah. Um, it wasn't quite as, as satisfactory to me as the um, Michael Rooker-alike guy being... Oh, um, they the, the got the um, the chief from Monk. Is that who he is? Yeah. I don't, I've that, never... Oh, my God. That bit where he goes into the... Um, Indoraptor's cage. That shot of that, that opening shot oh, of that looks like something gorgeous. out of Alien. It's so beautiful. Um, but my God, that was a satisfying scene. Yes, when it rips off his arm for trying to take its tooth and then like rips off his head. It's, yeah. It's, it's just like wonderful. <laughs> Toby Jones's death is also quite um, but satisfying. But we don't see it. No, but the, the way it happens is quite satisfying. Yes. Yeah, but we don't see it. It's a bit disappointing. Toby Jones, I think... I feel bad for him in this movie. He's outing, acting out of accent with teeth that prevent him from being able to speak properly and, like, and just given so little to do Yeah, that it's just frustrating. There's so many people who aren't in their own accents in this movie and they have scenes together and it's wacky. Yeah. Like, um, Rafe's ball and um, the little girl and um, James Cromwell. Who are, James Cromwell's British, right? I don't, I don't, but th- he seems, anyway. He's, no, James Cromwell's American. Ah. Isn't he? I don't I'm sure know. he is. Because, like, there are points at which he sounds Australian. Maybe he's Australian. He, but whatever he, it is, he's not what he was playing in this. No, he is, sorry, he is American. Oh, yeah, I um, thought he was American. But he's sort of, he's, I think he's lived a lot all over the world, and so his mm. accent's really wacky anyway. Um, And he's, he also has one of those old school actor voices yeah. like Grace Kelly. So it's a bit different, but yeah, they're all out of their accents and trying to do scenes with each other, and it's wacky the little girl there's no information that i could find about her i don't think she's not british but i don't think she's the british that she would like it just sounds like a person who might be like northern or something trying to do the posh accent rather than a not because her her accent sounds so much more british than james yeah and and she gets pulled up for saying bath instead of bath right which could be another type of british accent exactly yeah so i think she just sounds like she's yeah, whereas James Cromwell like go, floats between like British, American, and Australian at one point. Yes, um, but also she's if even if like for the little girl, it makes sense for her accent not to be right too because right, she's because a, she's been raised in the states and in in a, a household that where some people speak British accent with British accents. Exactly. So her accent being confused is fine. It makes sense, but also it's still less confused than James Cromwell's, which is just a mm. mishmash. So, yeah, and then Rafe Spall's playing American and his accent isn't bad, it's just wrong. Mm. Like, it, you can just tell it's not. Yeah, it's just a bit off. Which right? is the same, like, a bit like Toby Jones, except that his teeth make it more obvious. 
Yeah, Toby Jones just had trouble speaking in this movie. Yeah. Like around those teeth. So just But I mean also he's used to I mean, he's kind of used to acting around you know, wacky costumes and stuff because he plays this role all the time. That's true, he does. I thought it was great when he was running around and the hairpiece was flying all over the place. That was really fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, oh, but that's why I liked his death is because right at the end when the dinosaur roars in his face, his hair goes yeah, like Donald yeah, yeah. Trump. It's yeah. really funny. It's very, like, There's pointed. Also a, oh, yeah, that's pointed. What is it that um, Michael Rooker, a light guy, um, Oh, the nasty, nasty woman <laughs> about um, yeah, like, Zia. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, that's that's another clunky line. It's so – like – that's supposed to make everybody go, yeah, and it kind of made everybody lands, go. Oh. It lands like a lead balloon. Whereas, um, roaring at um at Toby Jones, his toupee goes like Donald Trump's hair. Perfect, right? right? Because that's a much more subtle moment, and also a visual. Uh, just everything in this movie that's good mm. is visual. I think. Yeah, like, almost. Almost. Everything. I did like when Maisie pushed the button. That was good. Yeah, um, that, that was a good scene. And um. Um, the, okay, the, also the invention of the Lockwoods for this movie kind of annoyed me because I was like, what do you mean Hammond and Lockman, Lockwood? This was Hammond. Yeah, this yeah. was John Hammond. We right. know this story. And, like, and obviously the actor had died, Richard Attenborough, whichever Attenborough it was. And um, well, David's still David's alive, still kicking. Yeah. yeah, no, he's still around. And like 92. Mm. Um, there's, there's an still easy... making stuff. Yeah, no, he and the Queen filmed something recently and they're the same age and when two old people who are both like that old and still working get together, they're like so delighted with one another. It's really yeah. quite sweet. Um, no, the, uh, Richard Attenborough, who'd, who'd obviously passed away between the last filming and this. Actually, I think he died around the time the last one came out or just before. But anyway, like, so make it something about his estate, like make it about the will or make it about, I, I mean, I don't dislike the idea that they experimented with human cloning. I think mm. that's interesting um, and important to kind of, the way that the story ends with just people letting dinosaurs run off into the Pacific Northwest um, because that's quite a decision to make. Right, and that's why Bryce Dallas Howard, like, she's really torn and then she yeah. doesn't make it and she has to sit through watching all of these things die. Mm. And those scenes are so powerful too because, I mean, we're all rooting for the dinosaurs. Yeah, Let's like when they it. take off on the boat and the brachiosaur gets engulfed <gasps> by the lava. So good. Freaking hell, that is so sad. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. And the reactions are really good. And when the um nerd girl sees the Zia. sees the brachiosaur for the first time and mm. she tears up and yeah, she she's... gets really emotional is so oh, good. And they but they also build so that up reasonably well by yeah. being like she's a paleo veterinarian. She's like, Yes, that's a thing and like they actually build you know, she's never actually seen a mm. dinosaur, but she spent her whole life studying them and working for them and lobbying for them. And then she finally gets one. And she's a pretty good actress. I mm. not super familiar with her, but I thought she was really good at like definitely had a very expressive face. Well, she gets two things to do. So she gets to be yeah, she gets a little more than Justice Smith. Because mm. yes. he just gets to be scared, whereas she gets to be like, you know, badass but also caring. And sometimes get. So yeah. she gets to do more things yeah. with a very limited role but, yeah. than he does. And, and I believe there was a, a like a queer storyline taken out from, from her character as well, of course. I've heard it was really bad though. Yeah, which is, yes, I don't trust Colin Trevorrow to do that well. So um, <laughs> um, I'm kind of like, I know it's bad and it's a really bad trend, but... Um, but look, at least she doesn't have to mack on Justice Smith like Bryce Dallas Howard has to kiss Chris Pat- Pratt out of nowhere. <laughs> with Like, they couldn't have less chemistry. He has more chemistry with dinosaurs than with her. Mm. Like, they, they just could not have less chemistry. It would not be possible to find two actors who fizzle more than these two do. 
thought yeah. it was just the bad writing in the first one <laughs> that made it so painful. But no, it. I mean, it is bad writing in this one too. But mm. like, it's it's so painful when they're, they're working also... together as friends. No well, problem. Because the funny thing is, I actually think they have like almost sibling chemistry. Mm. Like they look alike a little mm, bit. They do, and they're kind of the same height. Well, no, they're not the same height, but they kind of look. When you see them together, they look like they dress them like they're often in the same color scheme. They're, they're like their skin tones are sort of similar. They're even both quite sort of solid muscular people. Yeah, right, exactly. Like they're kind of they could be brother and sister. Yeah, um, which is what it, or probably why it makes the chemistry fail in that sense. But then when they work together as a team, it's great. Like yeah. the um the the bit where they go and get the T Rex blood, which. You went to the bathroom for. <laughs> I needed to pee so badly, um, and I'd watched the whole destruction of the island, so I was like, "Yeah, yeah, well. yeah." And um, that that scene where they go and do that is really well done. And again, there is some lines in there, but it's mostly in the direction as to I why that works. Well. I think the scene where the two teams are working at opposite purposes, yeah. cross purposes, where one of them is trying to turn the um, system back on mm. so that they can save the dinosaurs and the other groups trying to keep the system off so they can hide from a dinosaur. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Really good. And, um, and they work together really well in that, like without talking to each other and they just do like, you mm. know, let's do this and that sort of thing. Um, and what's nice about this movie as well is that in the last one, Bryce Dallas Howard very often was given the short end of the stick in terms mm. of doing stuff. But this one, like she is much more capable and much more independent. Yes. Um, in her capabilities. Absolutely. Which is nice mm. to see. Um, although then she gets like, like a little scratch on her leg, and she's like, mm, "I can't walk. Go save Maisie." And you're like, "Why? Yeah. Why? It's it's a cut. Well, you're no, fine. a dinosaur claw goes into her knee. But it's a it like it when you look at it, it's above her knee, right? And it's a cut. Like it's about that big yeah but they need to make the bit where she comes in and saves them all at the end bigger if like she had been there should have been like a big slash or something i think it might have been that her leg was trapped under that log thing but it was not made Mm. it seemed like she couldn't move because she had a cut in her leg right (laughs) right so like if she if her leg had been trapped and she was like go save Maisie. Mm. Makes perfect sense. Also, it makes sense that then she would have figured out a way to get out from under it by herself while he was off saving, Ma- saving Maisie, mm-hmm. which I think is what happened, but they didn't set it up very well. Or she just didn't go because she had a little cut in her leg, which is silly. Yeah. <laughs> very confusing. Yeah. But um, that frustrated me. Yeah, so she could Claire X Machina it up. <laughs> yeah. Right after we have a Blue X Machina moment. Yes. Um, yeah. After that trailer fodder scene in the kids, where, in the kids' bedroom, like, you know that Maisie is smarter than to hide in her bed. That seemed weird. Like, why would she go under the bed? At least you got some protection if you're under the bed. Yeah, I think it was purely for the aesthetics and of the like the horror movie aesthetic. Mm. I mean, those those like claw hands were so like witches' hands in movies Mm-mm. that the Indoraptor and had. they were able to do the cool, um, yeah, all the cool silhouette stuff with the right. kid, the room, and things. So I think that was just. And then there's because it looked good. Yeah, and then Blue comes in and it's like, oh yeah, here's two dinosaurs having a fight in your bedroom. Right. And that and, and very much this movie for a long period of time is straight up like it's a haunted mm. house movie. And it's even got haunted house themes mm. of like family secrets and the monster in the basement. And, and this big old house in the um like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and you get to climb on the roof and all like all these really kind of yeah the, myster- the mysterious housekeeper right is another one that I loved I loved all that stuff in the house it was really good mm. and the way they they used the house as well like Maisie and the dumb waiter and um and and the way she climbs out on the roof and stuff as well 
It's very clever. They're like also the, the first time she does that, she's like scared. The second time they, she does it, she's like to Chris Pratt, "I know what I'm doing. Come on!" But not just that. Like there's a bit where she slides down the roof and she sort of scoots herself over to slide down the right spot. That just felt very like they didn't set this up. No, they didn't set it up well. Yeah, it looks so fake. It looks so much like the girl was like, "There's a big trampoline at the bottom yeah. of this slide." Like, <laughs> ooh, a slide. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It did. And then both of them walk across this like tiny pole that's supposed to be extremely mm. and Chris Pratt, dangerous. Like you just said, is a big guy. Yeah. Oh, there's also when he's holding on to her and holding like holding on to the roof, his grip is not a grip at all and you can see rain sliding down and you're like he'd have fallen yeah easily <laughs> he's, he's dead they're dead <laughs> um <sighs> and then they're in these positions and two seconds later they're talking to the people downstairs and you're like how did you guys get down <laughs> how did you get to this safer position that is how they did it with muscles i also like chris Pratt, um trying to act serious is always really hard as well like a couple of times they do let him be funny but He's got to, like, do a serious face. And his serious face is, like, squeezing his eyes a bit tighter. His serious face looks like he's pretending to be an action hero. Yeah. That's what it looks like. <laughs> yes. It's like Andy Dwyer doing action heroes in his backyard. Somebody I saw recently was, said the first one was, like, Andy Dwyer fell asleep with the TV on <laughs> and had a dream, which is kind of, like, that's very much how he acts when he's serious. Yeah, it is. It's kind of funny. When, I, actually, when he's like the the expressions he makes when he watches the island get destroyed are much better. Yeah, um, the, they they both do a good job there. Like Bryce Dallas Howard and him, and it would have just been on um, it would have been you know green screen or whatever, and they they actually do quite a good job of emoting it. The green screens they're supposed to be watching their dinosaur friend die. Yeah, that was that just was great. The the dinosaur um um stampede was great. Oh my goodness! Um, like just I mean, there's a lot of silliness in that scene again. Right, and especially when they go to escape out of the little pod thing, like they would have all have been dead from drowning. <laughs> well, actually, that was interesting because at the very beginning of the movie, I was like, that that pod seems like a really scary thing to be underwater in. Yeah, you know the the submarine. Oh, the pod submarine pod. At the beginning. Put, I, yeah, you said that, but that's the kind of pod that like James Cameron is in the beginning of Titanic. Yes. But the thing is, like... They, they are terrifying, but people use them. They're real things. I know. But the thing is, I think the way that it's shot makes it seem scarier. Like, he's mm. he's using those horror movie techniques yes. to build up the fear really quickly yeah. and, uh, in under, really clever ways. Underwater is a really good way to do that. Like, we saw the trailer for The Meg before this, <laughs> which is a fantastic-looking B-grade horror that's coming out later, or B-grade monster movie coming out later in the year featuring Jason Statham, I think. Mm. Um, and... It, under underwater, where you, the the sense of being trapped with these creatures is so, such a good way to build, um, to build suspense in a horror movie. It is, but also I, it's such a little thing too. Those pods, mm. and they're, they're yeah. all glass, and you can just see everything around. Yeah, you, and we know is... from the last movie that there is at least one big water dinosaur. Yeah, when they pan out and the thing going up, and he's and the guy's like, oh, "Anything in here would be dead already," and you're like. Oh my god! <laughs> um, What's the tagline of this movie, guys? What is it? Um, and then um, the uh, the guy on land, who the people in the helicopter are like, come back, really clearly gesturing and everything, and he's like, I can't hear you, and you're like, you are a moron who deserves to die immediately. I thought he was saying, I've got to wait for them, the people underwater. He did, but he also went, I can't hear you, and he's like, I can't get a signal and stuff. And they're very clearly, get like, in the helicopter because there's a T-Rex behind you. Yeah. Like, you would at least 
go there yeah. and t- say to them. <laughs> figure it out. Like, figure I know. it out. You wouldn't just stand there yelling back when they can't hear you and you can't hear them. And they, but you do get a great Jurassic Park moment there because he gets on the ladder on the, to the helicopter and makes this mm. massive effort. And then he gets eaten off the ladder. And they were about to cut the yeah. thing and then the oh, ladder snaps. I mean, it's all, again, that's all really well shot. Yeah. Like, the, the dialogue that happens before it is so stupid. Yeah. Like, it's just painfully stupid. Um, and then you immediately notice that they leave the gates open. So yeah. the question of whether or not they should allow dinosaurs out into the world they're already in is the already sea. answered for them. Yeah, because they're already in the sea. And I mean, I actually thought it was interesting at the end. Um, Guillermo del Toro gets a thank you credit. Mm. I believe he's a mentor of um, yeah. AJ, J.A. J.A. Bayona. J.A. Juan Antonio um, Bayona. Um, and that's a very, uh, that sort of animal view, the view of the world about the feeling for the creatures and be, mm. feeling sorry for dinosaurs. That's so del Toro-esque. It is. But we've always rooted for the dinosaurs we all, yeah, yeah, definitely. Park, you know. I know. Um, it's a bit like rooting for the apes in Planet of the Apes. It's kind of like, well. Well, this, yeah, this had a very similar ending too. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting kind of ending to see, you know, how we brought around our own destruction and stuff. Mm. But like, I don't know, the, the, the ludicrously evil pe- bad people in this movie frustrated me a little bit. Yeah, I know. Like, like illegal dinosaur trade. They're just cartoon villains. Yeah. You can at least see where, in previous movies, some of the people were coming from. Right, and you can Whereas see... Whereas this is just yeah. like, we're evil, we like being evil, money is great. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to kill James Cromwell with a pillow. Right, and James Cromwell's retcon character and Richard Attenborough's character have always been a bit morally ambiguous, and that mm. was made them interesting. Yeah. Um, no, have always been, <laughs> as, he, as if he was... But he he's morally ambiguous, and that's what makes him good. And like an antagonist. Right. The antagonist in Jurassic Park is the hubris of man. Mm. You know. Also, I was thinking about the um, the um, Ellie Sattler line through this where she's oh. the, the um. dinosaurs eat man, woman inherits the earth. Yeah, that yeah. Thing. <laughs> Which with the setup with Maisie definitely seems like that might be the thing. Yeah. Um, plus all of the dinosaurs girls. Yeah, yes, they are. But uh, maybe the um, Maisie the clone who's also a girl. Um, is the only one who's strong enough to survive in a world of dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, a couple of other bits and pieces. When the um, the Spinosaur or whatever decides to attack other dinosaurs instead of escaping from the lava, I was like, surely even carnivores are more concerned with escaping certain death than, than eating yeah. right now. Like, I, you know, it was an unnecessary extra threat so that mm. Chris Pratt didn't get in the ball. Um, yeah, which was just frustrating. Um, can't fire a gun underwater, right? Um, can't you? No, unless there's certain rules it has to follow in order to fo- fire a gun underwater. I saw the um, what's it? Mythbusters about it, right? Yeah, no, I I know it's yeah, not normal. I just didn't. Yeah. Also, if you fire a gun into the water, you tend to miss the thing that you're aiming for. Yeah, because water d- just uh, distorts um your vision. But um, it's possible to fire it into the water and hit things. Yeah. But you can't fire a gun underwater. Um, when they had that big truck thing, like jumped onto the boat, and then Bryce Dallas Howard, who in this movie is in like these, I mean, she looks practical and everything, but her clothes are really tight and she's yeah. so hourglass. And then she puts a cap on, 
And she's like, we'll just sneak around this all-male boat. And I'm like, In that really tight no. V-neck T-shirt that's basically see-through every time you start sweating. Mm. And and her she's got like cargo pants on, but they're the tightest cargo pants yeah. I've ever seen. Like you wouldn't be able to fit anything in the pockets because they're sprayed onto her legs. Yeah. Like, and she, yeah, she's, not that she's like, she's pretty good looking, but it's, she doesn't look like Ellie Sattler. Put no, it that way. exactly. Like with her sort of sensible khaki shorts. Um, in fact, they dress little, um, little Maisie. Uh, Maisie like Ellie Sattler, which it's quite, she's quite well, like it's quite a good um, kid uniform. Like it's not too pink and blue. It's sort of neutrally reds and yellows mm. and stuff like that. She wears a lot of red, yeah. Yeah. And she's, and she wears like you know, sneakers and jeans and stuff like a regular kid who is, you know, running around this giant house. She doesn't um, – She's. it's not fussy. They're not fussy clothes. She looks like a, a Spielberg kid from the 80s. Um, I wrote lizards definitely don't have tear ducts because we see dinosaurs crying repeatedly. Right. <laughs> Which was a – I, 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 I don't know if lizards have tear ducts. I, I really doubt it. Mm. Yeah, that okay. seems like a mammal thing to have. Probably. I don't. I don't see lizards as crying. Probably not. No. <laughs> let's. I. I'm sure it's fine. I'm there sure they're not. Oh, I, I had a note that says Baton's better at reveals than Trevorrow, but I meant Bayona. Yep. Um. He does the 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 Indoraptor reveal is great. Uh-huh. Like the lights behind it, so that we can't see it, and then it comes out, and we get to see the. That is such a Spielberg reveal. Um. And that's he was one, good at those. Yeah, and that's one of the things that frustrated me about the first one with the Trevorrow like film student-esque yeah. attempts at doing Spielberg reveals after already showing us the characters yeah. and things that really pissed me off. Um, yeah, yeah. Chris Pratt got a proper one this time. Yeah, exactly. Like they got they got the proper character reveals mm. um, instead of the messy nonsense. Mm. Mm. Discount Michael Rooker. <laughs> and I haven't – I probably have seen him in things, but when I first saw him – the expression that he was making and everything was so Michael Rooker that I just, and he sounded like him yeah. in this. I, it's, that only I that watched, it. it's only that I watched. It's only that I have watched Monk. Is that yeah. I I knew who he was. I can't actually remember the actor's name anymore, but he's the chief for Monk. I Ted got, Levine. I got also very frustrated when Blue smelled flammable gas and knew it was dangerous to her. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, and it's, then, it's like that that um, superhero problem of what exactly are Blue's powers? Yes, what are Blue's like? She, it seems at other times in the movie, like, she can read, too. Mm. I don't think Blue can read. Like, <laughs> there are moments when she, like, goes towards certain things that you're like, that, there's no way that she knows that that's the way to go. Mm. I love the head buttersaurus as well when it was running through all the people and they just went flying everywhere, <laughs> which was really funny to me. Like, it's a, such a silly visual gag to just watch people go, ah, ah, yeah. because the head buttersaurus is going for them. Oh, boy. Um. Poor little head buttersaurus must have a hell of a concussion. I also really – there was actually a good scene with Blue, though, right at the end where Chris Pratt sort of has a moment with her before she runs off into the um, into the forest and mm. she, you see her go – he's like, you could stay with us. And she's like, no, nah, I've got freedom. Bye. Yeah, she looks at the, the cage. But that makes more sense. Yeah. Like – she sees a cage. Yeah, and she's and, like, and it's, it's such a cat thing too. It's a very cat thing. <laughs> like, she hears go, she looks at cage, she's like, nah, and bye. I mean, that's yeah. fine. That is within pet levels yeah. of intelligence. Yeah. Smelling flammable gas. And then, like, she looks at the, I swear she looks at the container thing. And he's like, oop, that's a bad one. Yeah, and runs away. away. And you're like, you don't know that's dangerous to you. There's no way you know that's dangerous to you. Um, 
Oh yeah, when they were running away from um, Indoraptor in the exhibits as well, they became the exhibits. Yeah, as a like as a foreshadowing of the end. Yeah, which was really cute. I yes, enjoyed that. That was clever. Um, the um, dinosaur kills man, woman inherits the earth, and then I wrote blue is the queen of Jurassic World. Yes, yes, she will be. Um, once the dinosaurs take over. Once the, the she's the she's the Caesar here. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's all of my notes. Okay, well, it is, it. it's getting close to dog meetup time, so we can probably give it a do a wrap. Um, have you got a rating? Yes. Um, I'm kind of torn. I think it deserves about two and a half stars. Mm. I gave the first one one and a half. Big improvement. Um, I, I think the writing and the acting is just not good enough for it to even get three stars. Like, that is a level of competency that I don't think most of the people involved in this movie reach. Right. But Jay Abiona did such a good job. Yeah. <laughs> really, like, I really liked that. So I'm going to say two and a half stars. But, yeah, the, yeah. It, I enjoyed it at least. I had fun watching this and I did not have fun watching Jurassic World. And I think that says something. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go for three mm. um, because I did have a good time watching it. Um, yeah, like you, I, it's got some problems, but it also has some really good bits. Oh, and they also ditched that gross, sexist, um, um, My Girl Friday style dialogue between Owen and Claire that was that so wicky in the first one. Because you really, if you're going to do that kind of dialogue, you've got to be able to write. Yes. And that is not the case. And also you have to, the guy who is icky has to be brought down a peg or two. By the girl, yes. Right. That For it to work, you have to put them on an evil playing field. Even playing field. Put them on an even playing field. You said an evil playing field, and I, oh, I, sorry. I, I had like images of <laughs> of like Dracula's versus werewolves or something okay. playing Saturday sport. I did mean to say even. I think it's probably just because the letters were similar. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, you have to put them on an even. I did it again. Even playing field, not make them evil. Um. To for that to work. Yeah. They have to be equals at the end of the movie. Yes. Jurassic World never did that. She just went, oh, I was wrong about everything. Families are great and I love Owen. Um, Which is so gross. Whereas this one, like, it starts with them fighting. There's absolutely no resolution. Then they kiss and then they adopt a girl. Basically, yeah. (laughs) But at least they're not gross to each other. Mm. They're not being, like, there's none of that sexism. They are already on an even playing field. And the one little discussion they have about their relationship, he's like, oh, I just told told you I was going to go live in a van. And she she almost doesn't even need to reply. She's just like, no, he's he's like, I left you. And she was like, I told you to because I didn't want to come with you. Because you were, um, And you were like, why didn't you want to live in a van and sleep on the side of the road? And we're like, yep, that, and that the, explains it. Yes, exactly. Like, and, and, it, and that brings him down a bit. Like, it, it it's not like making him, uh, yeah, it's not. But it's also not, it's also not gross and sexist little lady, you don't know. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. It's like a, they were in a relationship. He thinks that he broke it off and she thinks that she broke it off. And it's just a exchange about that yeah yeah it's no kind of you know i'm so smart because i know dinosaurs and you're a moron Mm. yeah exactly all right thank you very much for listening to the silver screen queens podcast if you would like to find show notes or old episodes they're on our website silverscreenqueens.com if you want to find us on social media we're at screen underscore queens on twitter facebook.com forward slash silver screen queens and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on tumblr thank you for listening bye bye